everybody doing today? Yes. How many knows April 15th is coming and you'll be getting all your taxes done by that time? Sorry to bring you down. I just wanted to. So good to have you with us on this wonderful, it's great to start to feel spring and hear the birds and flowers. You know, my wife knows what all the flowers are, and she'll say this kind of flowers. To me, it's a flower. She'll tell me what kind it is. And then, you know, and I, are there any guys that know flowers? Maybe I don't. I, I know I don't, but I know the kind that she likes. That's really, that's all that's important. My Uncle Wayne is here. God bless you. Just, I know what she likes, so see, I'm good. I wanna, I, you, I'm so excited about this series. We start today on Glow in the Dark. Give your neighbor a high five. Now, when you leave today, the ushers are going to give you one of these bands. You don't have to take one, but I think you should. They're a great witnessing tool, plus they glow in the dark, thus. <laughs> and they actually really glow well. I mean, in our, uh, upstairs in our bedroom, you know, we turn the, the lights out. And my wife's like, what is that? She comes over, it's my wrist. It's glowing. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just pretty amazing. But I, it's, it's something we need to talk about, and there's a lot of things that aren't talking. So, uh, you know, a lot of churches, a lot of people, we talk about God, we talk, but I want to know God, don't you? I mean, I want to know, like, why this works or why this doesn't work. How could I know him better so that I could get some of the stuff that I see working somewhere else work for me? So we're going to talk about that. Let's say hello to the people watching online. Good to have you with us. God bless you as well. We are live streaming our second service now, and I want to encourage you all to be here next week. We are getting cake just to kick off our life groups, and uh, we have, uh, again, 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s, and then 60 and over, and that's what we're just starting with, and we'll just see how that. We're going to do community, live life together, and just have some fun and do some things together, so it's going to be amazing. So let's get back to this glow-in-the-dark thing. We all like success. Everybody, you know, it seems everybody in the world, we want to be successful. If you really don't want to be successful, probably... Maybe you got some issues. You know, no, I would love to fail. That's probably not a good attitude. So we like to, you know, we like to look. We like to follow people that are successful. We want to be successful. We want peace. How many would like peace? You know, don't you like to lay your head down on your pillow at night? Know that your bills are paid. You're not concerned about which creditor is going to call you or whatever. God wants you to live that way in peace. So we all need the real thing. And we need those kind of things. And, and we've grown up, and what's happened in the church world and in different times, and I've, I've, been, I've done this, not us have done it, as Pastor Kim and I have done it per se in our ministry, but we have been where, you know, somebody, and it kind of, in my mind, has turned out to be a gimmick. You know, if you will send in $22.45, and you'll have it in 72 hours, you'll have your breakthrough, and has anybody, I mean... That all sounds good. And I'm not saying that that can't happen. I'm not saying that God can't tell you to do that. And if he tells you to do that, you do that. But what I'm saying is I've done that and 72 hours came and went. I didn't get my breakthrough. So maybe there's something with either my belief system or I didn't do it right. Which I don't, But I'm, I'm like, God, I want to serve you more than just a gimmick. I don't want to know that, oh, gee, if I don't know the quote, quote, formula then I'm, I'm going to fail. No, I think God is deeper than that. And I believe that, that God, according to his word, works by his covenant. And if we are his kids, my kids come to my house, they don't ever worry. They don't have to go, Dad, can, can I get in the refrigerator? Can, can I drink that? You know, even when they lived at home, they ate and drank anything they wanted. 
even if it said, dads, don't eat. We, <laughs> we've got some things from like Cheesecake Factory, man, and there is some, here's a plug, uh, the spicy cashew chicken. Jesus would eat that. And man, and it's a big portion. And so I brought that home and I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to have that. That's going to be so good. And it's gone. Just to hear one of them say, oh, I didn't know that was yours. Did not dads don't eat on the carton have anything to do? Oh, sorry. I didn't read it. I was just hungry. We want to talk about <laughs> glowing in the dark because if we come to God, God works by covenant. That's how he works. He doesn't arbitrarily just say, you know what, I like bread, I'm going to bless him today, but I'm not so happy about this, or I'm not happy with bread, I'm not doing... He works by covenant. He works by his word and by what we do as we follow his word and as we are in his family. Do you understand? So we're going to talk about that. God is our answer, his ways, his righteousness. And righteousness, when I was growing up in church, I'm like, okay, what's that mean? And a layman's term of righteousness is just God's right way of doing things. Just God doing things, doing things God's way. God, that's righteousness. I'm going to do things your way. So as we start this series, I got to lay a foundation. This is what the Lord wants me to do. We got to build a foundation because if we don't, then we're going to be kind of unwell. We don't want to sit here and sink on one side and on the other. On Christ the solid rock, I stand on other. That's not scripture, but it sounds good, doesn't it? It's in a song. Maybe it is from the scripture on how they pulled that out. But let's build it on something that doesn't change. Let's build it on something that's solid, that goes down deep. And so we want to build a foundation. John 14, 26. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. And we're going to talk in such a way so that we understand who the Holy Spirit is. If we can establish that and what we can believe and we can define, then we'll be able to go forward. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. If we study the Holy Spirit, we find out in the early church when all of this happened, when they, you know, they didn't have, like, we can go back in the book and see what they did and all that. They were writing it as they were walking it. I mean, it was going on. But when we see this, we we find out that he was evident in all of the things that they were doing. He was a vital part of their lives and everything that they did. He was visible in their ministry. There was stuff that was happening that was crazy cool, like Peter. Who wouldn't want to be like Peter that could just walk by people lined up on the street? If his shadow touched them, they got healed. Come on. I'm like, dude, that doesn't just happen. That's pretty sweet. So, you know, how and why? Why are we not seeing those things in churches today? Why are we not seeing those things in our homes, in our neighborhood? And it's really this simple. We don't do what Jesus did because we don't do what Jesus did. We, we struggle with, that was back then, this is now. According to that word, God said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we could believe what we are about to learn, it's going to change your life. It's going to change how you view things. It's going to change how you do things. It's going to change the outcome of what you're looking at now that seems like a wall or a mountain. So we're going to unpack this together. We live in a world that everything gets our attention, doesn't it? I said earlier about creditors, and sometimes we just, whoever screams the loudest, that's who we go. I'm going, to, I'm going to shut you off. Okay, what's it going to take? Keep it on. What's the minimum? 
you know, credit cards. What's the minimum? And if you miss, you know, it's always, they give you, they, they pull you in by, hey, 90 days, same as cash, or 0%. You miss a payment, and it goes up. I mean, I've helped people get out of debt, check it out, credit cards or whatever they were in, 30-some percent. That's nuts. And if you pay the minimum payment, you're going to be there a long time. That's the plan, because they make money. And we live in a society that's just like whatever screams aloud us, whatever can get our attention. If you have multiple kids, you always have that one child that wants to get the attention. And they t- you tend to gravitate. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get this one out. Please stop that. So we need God. We need God to be number one no matter what the circumstances around us. And when we make God our foundation, when we say, you know what, God, you are it. I'm going to base everything I do, everything I say, I'm going to base it on you. We will glow in the dark. So that's our first thought. He is our foundation. So as we unpack this, let's get some groundwork. Virtually any believer without the Holy Spirit, without him, we really have no exciting life. We seem to work for no real cause. There's no goal. There's no purpose. We don't have fellowship with God. We feel literally alone. Our leading and guidance isn't any good because we're not connected. We don't have any wisdom. There's no reward. There's, it's, it's just all just kind of time to make the donuts. I'm just going to get up, do what I got to do, go back to bed. Every day is this day. Monday's this day. Monday, Tuesday, third. <laughs> we can live like that. And it just becomes just part of, I'm just making ends meet. Let alone doing a vacation or doing anything unless we charge it or something. It's just like it's this endless hamster wheel. If we take the Holy Spirit out of the church, then what we have, we just have a social club. We just have just a group of people that are meeting together because... They're just meeting together. Maybe they don't have anything to do. They're lonely, so they're just meeting together. And then it begins to reek with religion. There's all this laws and all of these you can do, you can't do, and you this and you that. And, oh, heaven forbid, if you wore this, you can't do that. You have to have a tie. Everybody knows the Holy Spirit can't move without a tie. I forgot mine today. Hope he's okay. We have all of these other things that start going on. It will be just another spot. Nothing ever extraordinary happens there. It's just kind of where we get together. No freedom is found. It survives in the earth curse system. In other words, it's just surviving in the world around us. There is no freedom. Thank God we live in America where people, listen to this, people have given their very lives for your freedom. And they still today protect our country with their lives for your freedom. But the ultimate sacrifice was given by Christ 2,000 years ago for not just your freedom and just what you think is what we see now in a country, but freedom inside. Freedom from curses and freedom from sin. God did all of that. So without the Holy Spirit, we have no revelation, we have no vision, no joy, no peace, no freedom. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So let's look at this. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. David says that in Psalms. So shouldn't there, if God is everywhere, shouldn't there be freedom everywhere? There should be, but there is not. 
There's not freedom in prisons. There's not freedom in bars, hospitals. Don't pray for me. I don't want to be healed because I'm getting a lot from my Medicare and health care. It's quiet, isn't it? There's people just know how to work a system. There is not freedom. You'd like to think that freedom would be in places like homes and neighborhoods, and it is in some places. And you could still even be free if you were in prison. So let me just, if you were in prison, you gave your heart to Christ, and you're still in a cell, God can still set you free. Somebody, you know, because nothing can hold God back. But I'm just saying, freedom isn't running rampant in our society. It's not everywhere. You'd like to think homes would be free, neighborhoods would be free, churches would be free. It's a choice. Freedom is a choice. It involves your will. You choose truth, the word, the Lord. You must choose. Joshua says, choose this day who you will serve. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God is bound by his word. And we have wrong doctrine out there. Well, it must be the Lord's will. It just be God's trying to teach me something. You are wrong, sir. You are wrong, ma'am. God does not function that way. You, let me make this really, in the beginning, God created man and woman. And he gave them, if you look at the account in Genesis, he gave them authority over everything on the earth. Everything. And then Adam got deceived and gave it to Satan. And so now that is why Satan has been called the king of this world. That's why when he took Jesus, he said, I have the power to give you all of this. Where did he get that power? He got it from Adam because it was delegated to Adam, and Adam gave it away. That's why Jesus came and took it away from Satan, and Jesus now gave it to you. If you're a believer, you have the authority, you have the power. Here's what God cannot do. He cannot go against his word because when everybody, you have the choice to give your heart to Christ. It is your choice. You do not have to do it. You're not made to do it. Somebody can try to manipulate you to do it. If that's the case, it'll never stick. It is something that you choose. You do not have to understand it all. How many understood the whole Bible when you said, if you said yes to God? Not me. I don't understand the whole Bible now. And I'm working on it. I'm a masterpiece on my way to being a masterpiece. Sometimes I'm just entertainment for heaven. Yeah, do you hear people now? That's true. Ushers, keep an eye on him. So, I mean, I get it. I, you know, but we have to make the choice. You must freely choose. And that authority is given to you. God cannot violate that. See, that's why people are like, oh, I, it's God. No, God, God gave you the authority. So for things to happen in this realm, on this earth, it is by believers administering their authority by taking. That's why we have the keys. We can bind. We can loose. That's how stuff happens. By prayer, that's how stuff happens. By rebuke, that's how stuff happens. When we believe, that's how stuff happens. But it comes by the authority delegated to you from God's, from God, from his spirit, from Jesus. All of them are God. If you don't exercise that authority, it doesn't happen. 
The enemy can't get anything done without him exercising authority or permission that you have given him. Boy, that's a mouthful. Well, you mean, oh, he's just, the devil's just having a heyday. Well, tell him to stop. Bind him. Get it out of a house. Just get him out of there. What are you letting him in for? So start taking care of all that stuff. The truth will set you free, and God will give you that opportunity. The Greek word for Lord is kairos. It means supreme in authority. Where the Holy Spirit is allowed and he is the one in charge because we are saying, God, I'll let you do whatever you tell me to do, I will do. Then things start happening. Where he's welcomed, then freedom and justice begin to reign. We have to follow his leading. Now, I've been married to be 34 years, June 8th. I got that right. 34 God is working in my life. I'm keeping an eye on this guy back here. Mr. Heckler, right back there. <laughs> anyway, I've you know, been married to her for, for 34 years in June. And so if I was to tell you about her, you know, um, number one, if I stood beside her, you would say, yeah, okay, there's a God. Because... <laughs> I'm way out of my league, man. I'm just, yep, see, God works. There you go. <laughs> but I could tell you what she likes. I could tell you what she doesn't like. I could tell you what, what her moods are. I could tell you, you know, the things that grate her. I could tell you the things that make her laugh. I could tell you all of those things. I could tell you her looks. And you were like, I mean, no, I can see her. No, I mean the looks. How many, if you're married, your wife can look at you and you know she don't have to say nothing. You know, like, I am on the couch. Or I need to explain this, or something needs to happen. You know, I, how many have ever had the Sunday morning look of love? I got that. I, I, I was in a Methodist church when I was growing up. My, my mom and dad were in, in church, and, and, uh, and me and a bunch of the students decided we were going to sit in the balcony. And so we went up to the balcony, and, and the meeting was so exciting. To some folks, it probably, I don't know, but I was up there, and I, they were, he was just praying, and I decided to stretch and yawn. And I wasn't really being loud till the guy beside me thought it'd be funny if he hit me really hard in the stomach. And so he, like clear from Kentucky to the Tennessee Strip, brought his hand around, hit me, and I went, <laughs> Did I tell you this was a Methodist church? So I don't know if they was thinking, oh, somebody's being crazy. Some Pentecostals up in, I don't know. But all I know is every head in that church turned around and looked up at me. And my mom gave me that Sunday morning look of love like, oh, you're going to get it. They sent, true story, they sent the ushers up and brought us down. And we had to sit down in the, and man, so I knew, I knew as soon as church was over, I not only got all the wonderful looks and the wonderful treatment from all the other people. They just look at you. You know, it's bad when brother so-and-so walks by. He looks at you and goes. I'm just like, when I get home, I'm toast. Anyway, back to Kim. You know their looks. 
You know their strengths, their weaknesses. And from all this, you could have a general knowledge of Kim. You could have like, oh, I, I kind of understand. But you really, if we were really honest, you wouldn't even scratch the surface because after 34 years, she could say, oh, I can tell you about him. That's why she's not up here because we're not going to let her tell you about me. I got the platform right now. And I need a ride home. But I want us to find out about who the Holy Spirit is. The Bible says he, God is who was and is and is to come. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. So if I, I'm going to do my best to introduce you to who the Holy Spirit is, his personality, his interests, his loves, his hates. I don't want to do a disservice to him or to you. I'm not going to sit here and try to say, I know everything about God. I do not. I'm not going to try to tell you I know everything about his spirit I, I do not. I just want to try to lay a foundation so that we can understand as we start to glow in the dark that we know what we're talking a little bit about. Here's our second thought. He's God. The Holy Spirit is God. You need to know that he is a, a person, not in the actual person form, but he is the third person in the Godhead. He's not just an influence, just like you know, we kind of grew up with this. Oh, the, the three in one. Sure, sure, we know about the three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like one, two, three on the ladder. He's the third guy. No. They are all the same. He is God. He is not the third in the ladder. He is God. Everything about him is God. He isn't just an influence. He has attributes. Just like I was telling you about Kim, he has things to consider his personality, here's what I mean. I'll give you some scripture, but we're not going to throw it up on the board. He has a mind, Romans 8, 27. He has a will, 1 Corinthians 12, 11. He's got emotions, love and joy, Romans 15, 30, Galatians 5, 22. We're going to look at the fruit next week and start there. He comforts, Acts 9, 31. He speaks, Hebrews 3, 7. He speaks clearly, 1 Timothy 4, 1. He teaches, 1 Corinthians 2, 13. He can be sad, Ephesians 4, 30. He can be insulted, Hebrews 10, 29. He can be resisted, Acts 7, 51. He can be lied to, Acts 5, 1 through 11. You see, in, in, in our minds, we grew up saying, if we think of the Holy Spirit, you're most, most general. If you're asking students or kids in vacation Bible school, who's the Holy Spirit? They'd say, he's a dove. He's a dove. All four Gospels say that, remember when John baptized Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit descended on him. And if you look at the Gospel, it says, like a dove. Every one of them says, like a dove. Not a dove. I could say, <laughs> uh, uh, let me see how I put it. I could say I'm strong as an ox, but it doesn't make me a big beefcake. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's been described as flames if you remember in in acts you know the flame set on each one of them john said it this way just before he baptized him behold the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world but not in the literal sense he's not a lamb he's not flames what, what he's saying is in that reference, John is saying this is the spotless, this is the perfect sacrifice for our sin. He is the Lamb of God. It is giving you a, a description of how an attribute and how cool and good he is. Remember, he is the, 
Third person in the Godhead, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. After his baptism, Jesus came out of the water. The heavens were open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, said, and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So here we get all three persons in one scripture. We got Jesus being baptized by John. Second, we have the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And then finally, we have God speaking, saying, this is my boy. This is my son, and I'm happy with him. So I want you to think of this. When we're talking about the three-in-one, think of water. Water is H2O. If, I, if we have water and it's in the form of liquid, it's just liquid. It's still H2O. If you put it in a pan, put it under heat, and it boils, steam comes up. It's still H2O, but now it's in the form of steam. If you freeze it, it's a solid, but it's still in the form of H2O. It's still water. It's just different forms depending on the environment depending on the temperature or the environment so we need to understand depending on the environment you know so we have all of these things happening so we can understand it's still the same same yesterday today and forever but still god when you see the son you see the father the spirit was sent to reveal the son the holy spirit that's what he does he draws people to christ he, because, you know why? Because it's God. It is God's spirit drawing people to himself. He reveals himself. He tells the people that follow him mysteries, things that you could not know, he reveals to you. He's the first member identified in the Godhead in Genesis chapter 1-2, says the spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters. Our next thought, just to pull this all together, is he is in you. If you follow God, if you're a believer, I have people tell me this. They'll say, do you believe in God? They'll go, yeah. Now, it's got to go past that because you can, yeah, I believe there's a God. The enemy believes there's a God. It's got to go past that. It's got to be deeper than that. I can believe something's there, but I have to, I have to be, if I'm going to be a disciple of one of his followers, I have got to then have his spirit with me and in me. He is in you. Now we know that God is he's in heaven. How many know that God is in heaven? He's on the throne in heaven. Now here's something that I'm just, this is why I'm trying to get us to, to the point. I'm laying foundation. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is not... He, so when we ask for Christ to come into our heart, when that's what we normally say, I want Jesus in my heart, that is a true statement, and his spirit is what comes in your heart. But if you want to be really detailed, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and it is the Holy Spirit that is going to come in and dwell in you. God, Jesus and their spirit is the Holy Spirit. It's all the same. Jesus made it abundantly clear he'd have to leave so the Holy Spirit would come in his place. Paul states that in Philippians 1.19. If you do a study, when Paul's talking about the Holy Spirit, the helper, he's not talking about the incarnate Jesus he, because Jesus is with God. He's in heaven. It is his spirit now. That's the cool thing. That's how God is omnipresent. Are you with me? When Jesus walked on the earth, he was not omnipresent. He could not, because he, had, he left heaven, that's where his deity, he's got, he leaves heaven to come and be in the, in the form of a man, so he's in a man, so he can't be here and there and everywhere, because 
he's limited by that form. So now he says, this is getting, this is, I came so that I could get these sins taken care of. Now I got to go because now my spirit is going to come and he's going to be with you. And he's going to help you. So he has no bounds. Now the spirit can be everywhere, omnipresent. He's omniscient, means he's all-knowing. He knows all of those things. Matthew 10, 20 says, Jesus declares, For it is not you who speaks, it's the spirit of your father who speaks in you. And he's talking to the disciples and telling them the Holy Spirit would guide them and give them words to say. So when we talk about the three in one, it's sometimes it's kind of tough to digest because we are like, ah. But 1 Corinthians 12, 5, and 7, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but in the same God who does the work in all of us, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all serve different roles. The Father operates or initiates, the Son administrates, and the Holy Spirit manifests the outcome. They all work for the same purpose because it is one God, three persons. If we're building a house, I'm, gonna, I'm just trying to lay this out so we can understand it. We would need to hire an architect, a foreman, and workers. God would be the architect. Jesus would be the foreman. The Holy Spirit would be the workers. He's going to get the job done according to the foreman and the architect. All for the same purpose. Genesis 2, 7, the Holy Spirit's working. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Job 33, 4, for the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. He didn't do it just to Adam. He is doing it for you. Psalm 139, 13 says, you made all the de delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. He's the third member of the Godhead, but it is the Trinity. He is God. And if you've invited him in, he is in you. The resurrection power of Christ in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about Easter. And that whole reason of why Jesus came, that same power resides in you if you're a follower, if you're a believer. That's huge. <clears throat> so I want to, you know, as we start in this Glow in the Dark series, we're going to talk about fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. What's the difference? I want to make this as plain as I can so that we understand and we can go forward and you're going, okay, I get it. Because half the time, have you ever just been confused and then acted like you knew something when you really didn't know anything? I, I did that in high school. For, for truth, math, hated math. I even told my wife when we got married, I said, I hated math. When am I ever going to use math again? We were in a grocery store. She just looked at me just like, I don't even know what to tell you. Because everything's got numbers. Because I said, when am I going to use numbers? <laughs> She's just like, come on. <laughs> I'm just telling you, there's, there's got to be angels in heaven going, look at him. <laughs> so all of those things, you know, how God, so what is the difference? So here's what we're going to say. A gift is, uh, of the Spirit is something that God puts on somebody's life. A gift of the Spirit is something that God puts on somebody's life. It doesn't need to be cultivated. It doesn't need to be developed. It automatically operates. The only thing that needs to be cultivated is how the person that got the gift operates in it. The fruit of the Spirit has to be cultivated. Gifts are given. Fruit is cultivated. Another Cultivated it sounds like a college word. It just means developed. Fruit needs time. 
You can plant something, it needs time to grow. It needs time to develop. If you've got an apple tree, the apples aren't ready all the time. There's a certain time that they're ready. That's the time that you pick them. If you have a garden, there's tomatoes that are ready. You know, if they're not ready, they're green. Unless you like fried green tomatoes, which those are good. But whatever, but how many understand? Their fruit is cultivated. It is developed. There's people in the Bible that weren't necessarily God people, but they were given a gift to be able to do something to, to get the gospel forward. Because it's not, a gift is something that is given. A fruit is something that has to be developed. Fruit of the Spirit is a result of a Spirit-led life. When you walk in the Spirit, the fruit's cultivated, and you become a greater person of joy, greater peace, greater patience, greater love. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, but how many know, you know, when I'm talking about developed, do you just automatically, you just have patience? Anybody just automatically have it? Good, because we'd have to deliver you from lying. (laughs) Patience is something that needs to be developed, and God will allow opportunities for that to be developed. Don't you know that? It is something that you have to learn and you have to, you have to walk in. Some of the things that would have tripped me up two years ago won't trip me up today because I've developed to get better at some things. Let me say this. If you have multiple children... I'm like, you, you really want me to go there? You, you act totally different with your first kid than with your fourth kid. Your first kid, you are like, oh my goodness. Oh, every, oh my goodness. Everything is special. How you do everything. By the time your fourth kid is, hey, there's that commercial. Put them in the shower with you. Wash them. I mean, you just, you know, you understand how that works. Oh, you know, this or that or whatever. We have to understand some things are getting developed in you. And, and it's a process. And we want to, a lot of times, we want to get out of the process. We want to go A to Z. And we don't learn anything because we don't have the character to keep us. And that's what the problem is. Gifts can destroy you if you don't have the character for balance. You're going to need that character. You're going to need that fruit to, to hold on to what God has given you so that you could administrate the gift properly. You see, gifts do with your ministry life. Fruits do with your personal life. Gifts are more for what you're doing to help others find the gospel or all that. That's awesome. And the gifts are needed. We're going to talk about every one of those. Fruit is what's, what you need to be developed so that you can either operate in those gifts or do things successful in the kingdom for your life. How many knows God wants you to be successful? He wants you to be a light in your neighborhood. He wants you to glow in the dark. We all need the Holy Spirit. We all need guided by God. He's going to use himself in his spirit. There's so many great things about God. There's so many wonderful things that God does that are just waiting for you. Every answer that you need is in the book. And sometimes it's hard for us to fathom. You know, my, my, my wife will be, so here's what we need to do. We need to pray about it. And sometimes things seem re- really easy to answer. You ever feel that? There's times that God will just give you something right away, and you're like, i got to do that. You know i got to do that right now. Other times, it seems like you have to do that, but yet there's something that just isn't quite. And so she'll say, let's pray about that. 
you know what she's saying? You know, if, I, if you ever call God, he never puts you on hold. You never have to talk to an automated angel. Thanks for calling Heaven's Hotline. God is not with you right now, but he'll be with you shortly. And you won't... <laughs> give us a callback number and we'll call you back as soon as we're free. You don't get any of that. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I'm just talking about your belief system. But if you ask God, <laughs> according to the Bible, he says he gives you wisdom and that he'll answer you. If you believe he'll answer you, then you know you're going to get your answer. And you know you're going to find it. And sometimes it's at the weirdest time. It'll be sometime that you're, you may not be thinking about it, and God will just go and just drop it in there, and you'll be like, oh. And it could have been looking at you right in the face the whole time, but you couldn't see it. That's what, you're, that's what I'm talking about. It's amazing when you, when you follow God, and you are led, and, and God is doing wonderful things by his spirit. I want that for you. I want you to glow in the dark. You know how we're going to win Marion? Because we're going to make a difference in our neighborhoods and in our homes. I want your kids to have all of their friends go, I want to hang out at your house. I don't even know why. I just want to. It just I, it feels good. You ever been to somebody's house where it just feels good? You walk in there and you're like, this is, I just, just, I just want to stay. This is nice. I love that. And that's what you want. You want that, that presence of God in your life. You want those things that, that, God, I don't want to walk in fear. The Bible says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We got people that are now going, I don't know my future. I don't know how I'm going to do I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do How am I going to do this with my kids? How am I going to go on vacation? What am I going to do? It's in the book. You mean it's, it's relative like that? Yeah, that's what I mean. He'll show you how to do it. How many were here Wednesday? How many saw Pastor Gary's, I mean, remember the video? It was crazy. This man and woman, and I'll just be very quick and I'm going to close. This man and woman were like just living paycheck to paycheck. And they were, you know, paying bills with their credit card. Then, then hoping they'd get, you know, get ahead. Because everybody wants to get ahead. And then something would happen and they wouldn't. They'd get another credit card and have to pay, you know, and all that stuff. And they're like, God, this isn't working. I don't know what to do. And, and so they decided to trust the kingdom. Trust the Holy Spirit to lead them. You know, when you trust the Holy Spirit, you're trusting God because that is God. So that's what they did. And God gave them an idea or a concept. Now, listen to what I'm saying, and I need you to hear this. When we are walking with the Holy Spirit, God will give you ways to help whatever you need. But you will have to put your hand to it. You will have to exercise your authority to do it. He blesses the work of your hands. And this is what he told her. She says, God, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. And, and maybe we get some time, we'll, we'll show the video. But it's about a five-minute video, and I don't want to show it right now, so I'm just going to tell you the quick story. So uh, this is what she said. How am I going to do this? So she was out drinking her coffee, if you remember, and the Lord says, you can raise puppies. She was like, puppies? <laughs> Almost sound like Wizard of Oz. Puppies! But she said puppies. <laughs> just trying to keep you awake. She says puppies, and evidently her mom had raised some kind of whatever, a, a cool dog that's an expensive dog, and so she bought, God told her, she goes, well, how many? So she went to her husband, they both got an agreement, okay. She went, and they bought two puppies. And now, this is how the story worked out. They, it took them two years for this to start manifesting. 
What happens if we don't see results in the first two minutes, two days, two weeks, two months? We start speaking against it, don't we? It's not what, that's what happens in the meantime. They kept their profession strong, and in two years, there was something wrong. They kept trying to get their puppies bred, and they wouldn't, nothing would happen. And here it wasn't a problem with their puppies. It was a problem with the stud. But in the right time, just turn to your neighbor and say, in the right time, they had puppies. And in, in a short amount, of, I mean, within just a few years, they had over 60 puppies. And those puppies sold for anywhere from $1,800 to $2,300 a pup. Got completely out of debt. Paid for everything, paid everything off. Now, they just told Pastor Gary, they just paid their house off. I'm like, from one idea, from one concept that the Holy Spirit said, you know Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God. You tell me those people aren't glowing in the dark. Here's what we're looking at. We're looking at a world today that doesn't know what fruit looks like until they meet you. Be the fruit. Start glowing. Start following God. Let him come inside you. Let him tell you some great things. Now, maybe he won't tell you to raise puppies. I don't know. He might give you another idea, another concept. He might say, I need you to sow money into here. I need you to not sow money, but I need you to sow time. I need you to do this or I need whatever. Just do what he says. You cannot lose. The church, early church, we have today what they didn't have. They walked it out. We get to read it and study it. But we have every answer according to the Bible. And that's the bottom line. Did you know in the beginning was the Word? The Word was with God. The Word, what? Was God. You cannot go wrong. This is, this is just God talking to you in black and white and red. I challenge you today, as we go in these next several weeks, I'll do my best to break this down as easy as I can, to make it as easy for you to understand. You know, when you first got saved, I, I didn't understand the Bible. And honestly, I don't understand everything in the Bible now. I don't. And I'm a pastor. So quit being so hard on yourself. But you know what I do understand? He loves me. He wants the best for me. Beloved, I wish above all else that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions prosper. You know when that happens, you glow in the dark. And even if you don't understand all of what I'm telling you, could you not stand under it and say, God, I don't understand it all. My mother is in the building today, and I grew up in the era of, I'd ask a lot of questions, and the answer would be, because, I don't find that in Scripture, but that's, <laughs> why, Mom, why can't I do that? Because I said so. In her language, it's good enough. Trust me. Even if you don't understand, God will show you later. Why? Because he said so. He'll show you. And you'll have a peace. Even if you don't understand everything, you'll still understand he's got it. Bow your heads. Close your eyes, please.